0: Well, welcome everyone to Ecclesia United. My name is Anthony Richardson. I am the founder and the president of Ecclesia United. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you haven't already, uh, assuming that you have found our podcast, well, seeing that you have found our podcast uh, in your podcast library, wherever that. Uh, is your choice of consumption, I want to invite you to uh, subscribing to our podcast library um, and making yourself available to the um, the teachings and trainings, etc. that we have uh, already available. Um, there's a lot of information that we've shared. Uh, we believe we have Uh, purpose in what we're doing and so uh, I want you to take your time to uh, consume that which speaks to you Um, and there's oftentimes in the midst of us recording in the midst of me I should say recording uh, a podcast installment that I may reference other um, podcasts that we've already released and those things will be beneficial uh, for you to go back and to review if you don't know as many of other of our other subscribers already know these are not um um scripted podcasts um these are uh just raw unedited uh, podcast installments and so um the information that's here is um just as it flows as we are talking and releasing things uh, in the moment, uh, and we believe that the what we are saying is uh, divinely inspired uh, for the time, uh, and it is divinely inspired for you who would who would consume it at whatever time that you are consuming it. Uh, we believe that it is um, divinely appointed and in and in a, and in the correct time and season for you um, to have what you need uh, in the midst of uh, uh, where you are in your current. Um, uh, walk through life. So uh, I want to I wanna just, I don't know exactly how to start out quite honestly on this one. Um, there's a title that I have in my head which will become the title of this particular podcast which is The Purpose uh, for the Pain. Um, I was doing some studying and reading through and listening to um, uh, different sermons, uh, just kind of researching in times past um, uh, and even recently uh, about prayer. One of the things that I think is very important for us um, as particularly believers in Jesus Christ um, is uh, is prayer and what prayer affords to us. Um, now, one uh, one training which I I tend to subscribe to to subscribe to I should say I don't know if subscribe would be the correct way of saying that I maybe ascribe to uh, is that prayer um, um, is in essence it is an earthly license uh, for heavenly influence. That's the way that I have learned it, and it has been trained and taught to me and I want to pass that on to you because I believe that Um, particularly why I believe that which also comes out of the training and teaching that I have been exposed to um, is the fact that um, from the book of Genesis God has given uh, and I'll put some links uh, in the in the uh, maybe in the description of this particular installment so that you can reference what I've been exposed to which I uh, which I ascribe to as as the purpose uh, of prayer. Uh, but uh, one of the things that, that you'll that you'll notice as you're gleaning from the different uh, sources of truth and information that's out there uh, is that this particular training that I'll reference in the uh, installment uh, description is, um that the that prayer that the reason why prayer becomes um the earthly license for heavenly influence is because that God has given to mankind um dominion in the earth. Uh so if you recall the book of Genesis, um what what God says uh, it says, "Let let us." He's, he's he keeps communing between himself. That us is the Trinity. It's a reference to the Trinity. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The reference there when when God says, "Let us," is the Trinity saying as a communion in in itself. Say in his in himself, I should say, uh, more aptly in himself uh, is, "Let us make man." In our image and after our likeness. And then it goes on to say, let them, them is a reference to man or human or mankind. Uh, let them have dominion, uh, d- dominion in the earth, the ultimate dominion over the fish and the sea, the fowl, the air, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. Let them have dominion ultimately in the earth. So what's important, and you, uh, I, I may have referenced this in a past podcast, but I just want to bring it up here because it would be beneficial for, our, for the course of our conversation, um, is the fact that uh, uh, human, that, that word human or man or mankind, human specifically, human, the makeup of the word human uh, comes from a two, it's a two part word. One part of it is humus, which means dirt or dust. Um, The second part is man, uh, which means spirit. Um, So so a human, a human is a humus man or a human or a spirit inside of a dirt or dust body. That human, that human is what's with reference to let man uh, have have, to have let them have dominion in the earth. That human becomes the legal Um, entity, if you will, by which uh, the spirit man, the body, I should say. Let me back up. Let me back up. The body, the humus, the dirt body becomes the legal entity by which the man, the spirit can operate in the earth. Uh, So 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 in other words, you cannot operate in the earth legally without a physical body okay so that and then that physical body that is provided to us uh and in which becomes the encasement for the man the spirit uh, uh becomes becomes the legal authority or the legal entity by which the operation of the man the spirit in the earth is able to operate in in, in in similar fashion, Jesus, when he comes to the earth, he comes to the earth through a Virgin Mary, but he comes to the earth to operate in the earth as a human. Jesus is the human version of God, who is the Spirit, he comes into the earth and the, 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 his operation in the earth Is made legal and he's able to do things and enact heavenly legislation into the earth by way of his of his humus body uh, as a human. So so the so the dirt body provides the legal apparatus for the man, God, who who is Jesus in who is Jesus to operate in the earth. I hope that makes sense how it's being laid out uh and rewind this review it a few times that becomes a legal entity the same the same thing is true for us as humans uh it, which is the same which is which is why if you've ever been to a into a a a funeral uh for a person uh, when they do the committal uh of the body to the ground you often hear the officiant say um uh, in some, sh- in some shape, form, and fashion that, n- and now we commit this body to the earth, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Uh, and, and, and so ultimately the body will ultimately, the physical body will ultimately decompose to become dust once again, which is now being committed back to the earth to become dust in which it was before. What animated that physical body is the spirit, the spirit imbued or, or is superimposed or put within that body. OK, so so this is you can get into all kinds of thought, um, which is why there's such a huge um, issue uh, amongst the Christian community and as it relates to uh, abortion, because. Uh, because that that body in the womb is a live person um okay so you can this is not the topic of our particular installment, but you can understand why this is such a debatable uh a debatable point uh and a point of contention because that is a person that 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 body or that flesh that seemingly is only this small nebulous unable to really decipher uh, as a human as at that stage early on because ultimately what I'm saying is because you can't make out you know eyes and legs and ears and but but that but that is indeed a person at conception that spirit is put within that flesh that is forming at that point. Of conception okay so that becomes a point of debate it is not again it's not the portion it is not the point of our particular installment but you can understand uh, the 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 debate that comes to uh, comes to play there but what we what we're ultimately saying is when it comes to prayer is that we 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 become as a human and, and particularly believers in Jesus Christ we become the 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 earthly legal entity by which we can invoke heavenly interference in the earth so it's also important as it relates to prayer that as we are praying we're not praying amiss after our own after our own lust or after our own flesh at the as the book of james would put it but we're praying in accordance with god's word and with god's will and as god desires for things to to happen so how do we know what God desires to happen or how do we know what God wants, wants what his will is? Um, we, we have one, one is which is blatantly obvious to us is his word uh, as, as it is as it is as it is scribed in the Bible um, that 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 is his will. OK, and that will has been put into force, into enforcement, because um, uh, the, the, the terminology that is used, um, Old Testament or New Testament, that, that, that testament, are, those are legal terms to say that the that the testament is not enforced until the testator actually dies. Okay. So 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 what is written in the Old Testament and the New Testament and particularly what you should see also is that the Old Testament is typifying or becomes what we call a shadow or a type uh, of what of the New Testament uh, or said differently the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Uh, So, if you if you to take that and from another perspective, the New Testament is the manifestation of what was concealed in the Old Testament. So, the Old Testament points to shadows and types, or or references, or if you will, icons for which the New Testament is a reality, and particularly more deeply, or more succinctly, or more accurately. Who is enclosed in the Old Testament is Jesus Christ. Now you, you may not readily see that, but if you go back to the Old Testament and you begin to see um, things like Moses and the burning bush, and that theophonic manifestation of, of God in that particular in that particular piece, or uh, you see things like the tabernacle of Moses uh, and and how things how how that is constructed and what it's pointing to, or if you go back and you review uh, the Passover lamb and the Passover. Uh, feast as it relates to the children of Israel leaving from Egyptian bondage and moving into um, and moving into uh, uh, the wilderness on their way to the promised land. You 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 see um, these these shadows and types uh, as the children as um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself and excited to say it. Sometimes so I have to slow down and make sure that my thoughts are coming out clearly and succinctly. The children of Israel. When they're coming out from Egyptian bondage, God gives them the mandate that they are to take a lamb and slay that lamb and take the blood and put it upon the doorposts and the lintels of their homes because he's about to send a death angel throughout the land of Egypt. OK, and the death angel is going to kill the firstborn of of all mankind and even and even animals. Okay. So now where the blood is seen, the death angel passes over with this with this lamb that is slayed and his blood put. And it was a male lamb and this blood that was put upon the doorposts and the lentils that that uh, representation, that lamb and that blood is a shadow and a type, uh, uh, which is is which is ultimately to say, is Jesus concealed in the Old Testament because in the New Testament it's the blood of, as John would say, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That same Jesus or that lamb that John is referring to ultimately goes upon a cross and dies on the behalf of all mankind, and the blood that is shed becomes the propitiation uh, or the atonement for the sins of all mankind. That way, that, and as a result, death, which is justly due to mankind as a result of sin, because the wages of sin is death, that's death that is ultimately um, or justifiably due to mankind, has now, has now. Passed over mankind because the blood of Jesus has been appropriated to cover for or atone for, or to be the propitiation of sins of mankind. So now, as you see, this this same shadow and type uh, is also uh, relevant or revealed to us even back in the garden when Adam and Eve transgress. Uh, uh, and they uh, they attempt to cover themselves with fig leaves. But ultimately, when after G after God says to has after God says to them, says to Adam, Adam, where art thou? And there's a, the course of that conversation moves on. But God go ultimately slays an innocent animal. The animal is indescript. You don't know what the animal is. All you know that it was an animal, an innocent animal, particularly that is slain and the coats and the, and the blood. And ultimately the coats of that of that animal is used to cover Adam and Eve and their transgressions. Well, that innocent animal in the Old Testament or in the book of Genesis is also Jesus, too, but in shadow and type or concealed uh, in concealed form. So throughout the Old Testament ultimately becomes a rehearsal for the children of Israel, dress rehearsal, teaching them about Jesus Christ. Now they don't, they die having not known Jesus, but what, what, what they, but what is also, what, what is instilled in them is the fact that there is the, for the, f- there is no remission of sins without Life or innocent life being taken. Okay, uh, 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 I hope that's very clear in uh, 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 it, uh, what I said. And ultimately, let me let me let me say that last phrase again, which I was talking about: the remission of sin. There, there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Okay, so in order to have the remission of sin, or the forgiveness of sin, or the putting away of sin, there has to be shedding of blood, and it isn't any arbitrary blood. It is a specific blood. It is specific blood of an innocent. uh, As 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 we as we move. As it evolves from and when I say evolve I don't want you to think that there is an evolution that once it had to be an innocent a- animal and then eventually it had to be Jesus but what 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 we're seeing is an evolution in the learning of mankind to understand what does it take in order for your sins to be forgiven so there's a there is there is a gradual evolution in the revelation not a revolution in what it takes but it's a revelation it's a revo, it's a revelation in the evolution of our understanding of what it takes for us to be forgiven of our sins that I hope that's very clear because I don't want you to think there's all kind of thoughts out there about evolution and things of that nature. I'm using that term and I'm hoping you, you're you catching the fact that it, it it is not an evolution of what it takes, meaning it's a it's an innocent animal today and a lamb tomorrow and a man. Eventually, it's not an evolution in in, in in that sense that at one point it was a it was a it was an innocent animal and then later it's a man. No, but it's but it's it is an evolution of our understanding and ultimately revelation to us for us to understand what it does take for us to be able to, um, uh, to for our sins to be forgiven. Now, now, if to, to, to help make that a little bit more clear, the reason why it takes it takes this gradual progression in our in our understanding is because our understanding is finite. So, so our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. His thoughts are high above our thoughts, and so he has to he God that is is ministering to us or teaching us who he is, and he's training us but he's taking us from faith to faith and from glory to glory here a little there a little and and throughout throughout our lives or throughout the evolution of time or the or the or the the, i should say the elapsing of time we're becoming into a deeper understanding now we in this present day have the benefit of of the Bible to be able to read and meditate upon uh, and, and read those things. But even in that, we are still growing in our understanding of who God is and what he's called us to do, what he has done for us, how he has set us free, what he's called us into. Those There's, there's, there's still of this faith to faith and from glory to glory, here a little, there a little. He is taking us through dispensations of understanding so that we can understand who we are. Are what we're called to do and who who the authority and the power that we have in the earth. This is why it's so important for us to have accurate sound. Teaching and training uh, from individuals uh, who are being led by the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is the is the one that guides all of us into all truth and understanding. Okay? So all truth and understanding comes from the Spirit of God. We don't have truth or understanding without the Spirit of God. So we need the Spirit of God to help us to understand and to gain truth and understanding about what we're seeing in our world today. Now, now hence, now hence that same spirit has brought us to the table today to teach us about what is the purpose of pain. All the discourse that we that we took before is a ground where that we just talked about prayer and, and the propitiation of sins and this evolution of of uh, understanding. That is groundwork for this conversation that we're going to have about what is the purpose of 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 uh, of pain uh, and, and what particularly I want you to understand from what we've already kind of talked about thus far is that this that that pain does have a purpose and the spirit of God has brought me to an understanding of why we have it. Now we have to we have to understand prayer and the purpose of prayer heavenly heaven the earthly license of heavenly influence to understand what is the purpose of pain. Here's what I mean. Since prayer is the, the, the earthly license for heavenly influence, we as mankind then come to this question. It is the question that I came to uh, is how do we know where we need to appropriate God's will? Or, or, or I should say, where do we need to effectively um, um, administer uh, God's will through prayer, So that is to say, where do we need to focus in order to provide that earthly license for the heavenly influence and ultimately to say, where do we need to take God's will and through prayer apply it to a situation? And the answer that that question was a that was a question of mine as I was kind of I was going through some training some teachings and I was about prayer and that question came up in my head and I asked God how do I know where I need to appropriate Your will in the earth and give You the license to operate. Uh, so, so, and here's and here's another reason why I want you to understand about this license to operate. So you don't think this is just some arbitrary um, uh, uh, information or, uh, or, or 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 text or whatever uh, you want to you apply this as. Is this 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 guy is just talking about something that's arbitrarily uh, uh, arbitrary and saying those things? Here, here's what I want to say because uh, I, I take a lot of time going through and kind of. I was going to say fumbling through my words, but but what I'm trying to do is is articulate something, and I and I'm very careful about how I'm saying it and the way that I'm saying it, and even the words that I'm using to say it, because it needs to trigger a trigger in your mind thoughts that cause for there to be revelatory expansions and explosions in your brain and in your spirit so that you are your so that you come to a clo- closer understanding and a deeper revelatory insight about what God is doing okay so now there's a scripture it's it, it's I think it's in the book of Chron- I know it's in the book of Chronicles I want to say that it is in chapter number 7 uh, I could be wrong in that, but you can Google search uh, the text that I'm about to quote to you, and you can find it. But there's, but but what I'm about to bring to you is one of the reasons why you should understand or know, or or, or ultimately becomes the proof for you to understand that that prayer becomes the earthly license for heavenly influence. Now, if we go to the book of, Book of Chronicles, like I said, chapter seven, or, or, which is what I think. But here's the text. If my people who are called by my name, this is what God is saying. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then shall they hear from heaven. Then shall I hear from heaven. Then shall I hear from heaven, shall forgive their sins and shall heal their land listen 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 to how God how God finishes up that particular scripture. then shall I hear from heaven, when shall I hear from heaven after my people humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face. then, after the prerequisites are met, then shall I hear from heaven and listen to this. I will heal, listen to the word he uses, their land. It's their land because he's given us from the book of Genesis dominion in the earth over the fish in the sea and the fowl in the air and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the face of the earth. He has given us dominion in the land. So this becomes our land that we are becoming stewards over for his glory and for him. So but but he has given us the authority to operate in the earth. OK, and through that through that authority, he has given us it is it is our responsibility to then appropriate his will in the earth. So now if we go back to the scripture and we finish that out, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then shall I hear from heaven, heal, forgive their sin, forgive their sins and heal their land. Okay? So, so, so now, now you, now you should see with a clearer picture what we're saying when we say, what I'm saying when I say that, that prayer becomes the earthly license for heavenly influence. Okay? You also hear the, what, what I just said. That's what I have learned. Through other trainings and teaching, which I and which I and like I said, I will put into the description uh, for for you to be able to go back and glean and, and glean into as well. Now, if since that is the case, not if since that is the case, that prayer because is the earthly license for heavenly influence then we bring back up the question how do i know where i need to appropriate god's word through prayer so that there'll be earth, the heavenly influence in an earthly situation and the answer that i got from god was that you need to find or notice or take note of pain so he, and then he goes on in my heart and he's illuminating that there's a purpose for pain. Pain is a signal that either change is happening or that change needs to happen. Okay? So if you look out throughout the landscape of earth and you're seeing and you're seeing pain and we're going to have to take a little bit of time to understand what pain is because pain isn't always hurt or or physical ailments. Okay. We, we pain, pain, the connotation of the etymology of the word pain really speaks to those things that are discomfort those things that do hurt cuz hurt can be a discomfort but there's also pain that causes mental discomfort it it's agitation it's it's uh it's nuisance uh those those different things are pain as well so when we become within our mindset especially the way we're conditioned from a western perspective we always think about pain uh being uh, something that is uh, that that has to hurt because that's what we're conditioned. That's the that's the, that's the definition that we have in our minds. But pain, in its in its truer sense and its etymological roots, has more to do with inconveniences and and discomfort or things that aren't going the way that they should go. Uh, uh and pain becomes that that signal and i was on a, i was on a conference call uh, uh 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 and someone used this term which really illuminated it much more for me this thing about pain uh as well uh being more than just physical hurt or ailments like that uh it also that that pain it also helps explain why pain is also um, uh, uh, inconveniences and, and and nuisances and things of that nature. It has a deeper connotation that's along those level levels. But the person in the meeting used this this term because we were talking about the pro- a process uh, in which we had to traverse in order to get an end result that we were expecting. And they use they use this this term and they said um, even though this process is a is a P-I-T-A, They use of acronym, but that acronym, I'll leave that to your to your um, to your mental uh, uh, intelligence and faculties. But even though this process is a P-I-T-A they said it it, it it was something that we were current it was currently the process in place for whatever it was that we were talking about that we had to traverse in order to in order to uh, get to where we're going now for those of you who haven't picked up on what a P-I-T-A is it is a it, it, you've heard this colloquialism used in our mainstream society PITA is an acronym for meaning a pain in the and I won't say the last word but it starts with the letter a and it has two letters uh, uh, in it as well that are the letter s okay so now you should get that pretty clearly so so pain it also talks more about, uh, or, or more aptly about nuisances and inconveniences, but it also means physical ailments as well because, because pain, as we talked about before, as we kind of alluded to our definition, pain is, is a signal that either something is changing or it is or is a signal to mean that something needs to change now now we have to rely on the Holy Spirit and this is where the benefit uh, of being a saved person comes into view because we have to Into purview is because we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to then guide us into all truth and understanding so that we can understand where exactly God wants us to appropriate his will or his or his word or provide that then in, in, or, or to provide that license in the earth for him to be able to operate through his word and as we're praying his word that is us appropriating and superimposing his will upon the situation Okay, so this is why it's so important to know the word and to study the word and to meditate in the word, because that word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. His word is life and that life and and he became and and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And in him that in the word that is, is life. And that life is the light of mankind. That's John one. So we need the word because his word is is life unto those that find them, Proverbs 4 and, 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 and uh, Proverbs 4 verses 20-22 life unto those that find them and health or medicine to all their flesh that's what the Word is. The Word becomes, the the Word is that license, the Word is that light, the Word is that truth guidance or guider uh, uh, in situations. So we need the Word to be able to apply effectively and we need the Word to be able to guide us. And, and when we go back to the Trinity aspect, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three are one. So, so, so God, the father, he's God, Jesus, Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit is God. All are God and the three are one and they are God. They're all intricately tied together and they are all God, okay? So we need God by way of his Holy Spirit to guide us in the earth. We had God in the flesh in Jesus doing and enacting the the God's will who is in heaven, God the Father, enacting God's will in the earth and Jesus was showing us how we should be operating in the earth and when he left, Jesus that is, when he left the earth, he sent back the spirit of God to the earth to fill the believers in Jesus Christ, so that now the believers in Jesus Christ are filled with the power of God and filled with the presence of God to then be able to carry out God's will in the earth, which is to carry out and to push forward and and, and the, the push forward his church who is the body of Christ and expand that throughout the earth. Okay? So now so we have that purpose. And so the Spirit leads us into expanding the church in the earth. And so now we come back to our question again. How do we know where we need to appropriate God's will in the earth? And we have to look for the pain because the pain is a sign of change or change either imminently happening or change that needs to happen. Okay. So, 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 so that's, that's where, that's where we, that's where we're at today. And, and, and more specifically, just to give you a few more examples, uh, my wife and I will oftentimes, uh, fall asleep on our couch uh, because we're out there you know we're watching movies or or or, or whatever talking or, and 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 we we may just fall asleep there on the couch and we we'll fall asleep in you know whatever awkward position we're in on the couch and you know 2 or 3 hours later we may wake up and we may have a pain in our lower back that pain is a sign that we need to either change position or more or more aptly or probably more more truthfully get up off of that couch and go get into the bed which the bed is the place where you should be laying and sleeping at but that that's a, that's a sign okay so that that sign that sign of that pain becomes that sign to help us to, to understand where we need to make changes at okay so we can't ignore pain so all the pain that we've been seeing the pain of COVID or the pain of racial injustice or uh, or, or or even pain in your physical body. You, you, those are things that, that, that there are signs that either change is happening or something needs to change uh, in order for in order to in order to right whatever is wrong. OK, so that, that's a very, very important concept that I want you to understand. That was very, very revelatory for me, that, that the pain becomes a sign for us to be able to understand where we need to go. Now, from understanding where, where we need to apply God's will, then that brings up the 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 topic of purpose. Okay. So so now so now this topic of purpose comes into purview and I think this is a is is extremely uh profound and helpful for us to be to to go down this path because understanding pain being a sign of where change either is happening or change needs to happen. Uh, then, then we, then we, then as we come into this conversation or this topic about purpose, we have a deeper understanding of how we individually as humans in the earth, that have the legal authority to operate because we have a spirit because we are a spirit. we not, we don't have a spirit. We are a spirit. Man is a spirit that lives in a body so we can understand what we are to be doing in this body that God has given us as we operate in the earth okay so purpose comes into play and how I want to broach that topic uh, about purpose uh, I'm not quite clear of quite honestly just yet but I want to just kind of start down I think uh, this path of understanding that without us enacting our purpose and carrying out our purpose, there are people in the earth that are not able to get to where they need to get to uh, and to, to receive what they need to receive if we don't carry out our purpose. So oftentimes, God will may use pain to push us into our purpose so that we have an understanding of which direction we need to go, but he will consistently use pain to help us to understand where change needs to be appropriated and where his ultimately, that is to say, where his will needs to be appropriated in the earth for change to effectively happen, okay? OK, so so now when we talk about this, this this topic of purpose, um, um, it is a, it, it becomes clearer to us to understand uh, 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 with with the understanding of pain, how we need to then appropriate our purpose. I'm, 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 I'm fishing and, and this is why these are these are these are unscripted and and i'm not sure how i want to i want to dive into this conversation quite honestly uh because there's so many nuances um that 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 are there and i want to be very careful to go down um the right path uh here's here's how i think i'll i'll, I'll uh i'll go um I was in a therapy session uh and and for those of you who do not do mental health therapy and don 't believe in or think it 's for crazy people, I think you're crazy in in, in in not doing it. I think we should be investing in mental health and therapy to be sure that our minds and our spirits are clear of obstructions that are trying to detract us or put us off course from purpose. Okay. So I was in a therapy session not too long ago. And and my therapist asked this question of me. uh, and, And it's a very methodical approach my therapist takes in order to get me to understand certain things, and through this particular session, uh, they asked me this question, and they kind of, and they kind of some, they kind of started out in this in this dream that they had, and they said they had this dream, and in this dream, um, it, it, there was something that was written, and it said. Uh, so I think it said something like the game of purpose and kind of it kind of it, as, as they were explaining it to me, it kind of put me in the mind um, of a football uh, analogy and in, in a football game. You got the two captains come to the center of the field or the captains, however many there are. They will come to the center center of the field, the referee, they get instructions of the game. And then the referee would take this coin and they and they would toss the coin uh, uh, and, you know, they'll ask each one side to make, you know, make a call heads or tails to see who gets the possession of the ball first okay so um, in this dream that that, that that my therapist said that they had there, there was this inscription that said uh, the uh, uh, the the purpose uh, the game of purpose and and then uh, uh, something in the dream or someone in the dream who, who we believe to be God flips this coin and, and on this coin there's two sides of this coin. One side of this coin says uh, insecurities and the other side of the fo- uh, of the coin says vulnerabilities. And so in this game of purpose they, the, the, the therapist asked me the question why do you think that that coin had those two sides one being insecurities and the other being vulnerabilities. And I started kind of going down the path and and uh, and are just kind of talking uh, about what I thought and one of the initial thoughts that I had was that in order to have in order to invoke or to walk out purpose you're going to have to be vulnerable and as I started going down that path it started to become very very it started to become uh, illuminated to me that um, that 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 is indeed true that in order to to carry out purpose you're going to have to be vulnerable but the other side of that is you're going to have to be there's going to be insecurities that you're going to carry into it so as we continue kind of talking down through that through through that through that topic uh and through that question it became even more clear as as we were coming going through the conversation that there that 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 the game of purpose um uh, also is intertwined with the purpose of pain these two conversations are kind of going together because there's there's inconveniences there's 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 hurts there's vulnerabilities there's insecurities and all those things can cause a level of pain but those things are indicative of purpose that needs to be carried out in order for change to be effectuated in the earth now now i want to stay specifically with the purpose piece in this it this insecurity and vulnerabilities conversation because as we start to illuminate certain things in the bible take for instance uh, uh genesis 12 and and abram a god calling abram to leave from his people to come out from his people and then go <clears throat> into a land that God says out that He will show Abram. Now, Abram, look look at what Abram is dealt with at this time. His name is not changed, uh, but but look what he's faced with in this in this decision that he needs to make. Is he going to carry out ultimately what becomes his purpose, uh, uh, which is finding the promised land ultimately? Uh, but is he going to carry out his purpose of or is he going to carry out this this? Or is he going to is he going to follow this edict and make the decision to do what God is telling him to do, which is leave your people and then go into a place and 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 ultimately God says, and, and, and if I can paraphrase it, I'll tell you when you get there. So imagine the level of insecurity that one has to have that has leaving one. The secure place, his people, to go into an insecure place of I don't know people, I don't know these people, I don't know where I'm going, and then the vulnerability of just being out there, having, not knowing where he's going, ultimately to ultimately subject to whatever is out there. All he has is a calling of God and God's words that says to him, "Leave his, leave his place, leave his people." And go into a place that he's going to show them. So so the game of purpose, because he's ultimately, Abram is ultimately going to embark upon Canaan or the promised land, which becomes the inheritance for the children of Israel. Now, without Abram okay, acting in his purpose, there is no finding of the promised land. Now, you could argue that God would use somebody else to ultimately find the, the, the promised land. And, and, and let's 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 say that is the case. Look what Abram misses out on by not following his purpose. So in not following purpose, you also or you yourself are becoming subject to not receiving that which God was, has for you to receive. But also there are other people who are waiting for you to fulfill your assignment, so that they can fulfill their assignment, or to step onto the scene so they can have the potential to fulfill their assignment? Okay, now take take that a little bit further. Um, Joseph, uh, who, who's ultimately who's ultimately th- so sold into slavery, thrown into a pit by his brothers, he has a dream that ultimately gets him. His dream is a revelation of of that inspires him. Uh, This is another question that came up in our conversation with my therapist. He said, you know, what's the difference between um, uh, I think he said what is the difference between dream and um, and 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 purpose. I think that was the question. And my reply to him that the dream is an inspiration to inspire one in moving in a particular direction. Imagine, uh, uh, recall how excited you were when you had a dream and you saw yourself doing something in that dream that gave you uh, a great joy and fulfillment Uh, Now, you may have woke up thinking that you had already done that thing, but you hadn't done it physically in the flesh yet just yet. But that dream becomes a catalyst and fuel for the fire that inspires you to then start moving towards that which you saw uh, in in your heart, in your spirit, in your dream. But now 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 you have to walk out that purpose. Okay, so purpose then becomes the physical manifestation of that which you were inspired to do and you saw it in your dream. Okay, so now Joseph has a dream that dream it is not clear he see he sees these sheaves of wheat that are bowing down to his sheave of wheat and and there's some different things that are kind of there's some there's some there's some um imagery and tech there's imagery that is that is invoked from the from how the text is laid out but what you see is that Joseph has a dream but that dream is is inspires him to then talk about that which he's seen okay And so that ultimately gets him in trouble, which causes him pain. But that pain is also typifying to him that change is imminent. What change is imminent? We don't know yet, but ultimately that change that's imminent is that the children of Israel or Israel has to leave where they are and move to where Joseph is ultimately in order for them to be sustained in seven years of famine that ultimately comes up. Now, I fast forwarded really quick through that because we came from Joseph having a dream to then famine and seven years of sustenance that's sustaining Israel. But now I want to go back. Joseph having the dream becomes an inspiration to him which ultimately gets him into a situation with his brothers because they become jealous and they end up selling him off and let's, let us do away with this dreamer uh, who believes that we're going to bow down. Now Joseph is younger than his brothers are and so you're living in a time where inheritance flows to the older and then propagates down to the younger but and so his brothers are thinking well, wait a minute why is, How is this younger one uh, we're gonna bow to, to this to this younger one when in fact the y- younger one should be serving the older one as things as things typically go right so now Joseph has his dream it gets him into this trouble but it becomes an inspiration it drives him to through the it drives him into this situation which becomes pain which which points to a change that ultimately needs to happen. And so as Joseph perpetuates through that painful season in his own life, being sold into slavery, being cast into and, and being cast into a pit, becoming into Pharaoh's court, then being lied on by 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 uh, Potiphar's wife and then being thrown back into jail into the and, and, and then having to and then through that meeting a butler and then meeting a baker and then all these different things that happen, interpretation of a dream uh, that then uh, that then brings him to this pinnacle place where he ultimately becomes the second in command behind Pharaoh, but through, through that, through that inspired, inspired dream that Joseph has that leads him into this place of pain, which leads him to this place of purpose of sitting at the second, sitting at the a second in command behind Pharaoh and ultimately being the administrator of the, of the wealth of Egypt or the commonwealth or the wealth of Egypt, he, the, the, him being in this place of purpose of being the administrator of the wealth of Egypt becomes uh, becomes in a, a shadow and a type of a, of salvation for Israel and all his family who is in Israel all of his family members through bloodline who are in Israel who are suffering from famine at the time and now they are in search for food because they're in seven years of famine which Joseph interprets a dream that Pharaoh has and that gives and, 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 and that gives and that's what ultimately promotes him to this place of of of, uh, of being in second in command because he gives Pharaoh clear and succinct information and revelation on what this dream was that he had. Uh, so Joseph comes forth, sits sitting now in second in command and is now administering uh, over the over grain because because what the dream what the dream is that Joseph had or not the dream that Joseph had the dream that Pharaoh has that what Joseph interprets from that dream Uh, is that there's going to be seven years of plenty and there's going to be seven years of famine. So during the seven years of plenty, what what Joseph tells Pharaoh is that we need to gather for seven years. During the time of plenty, we need to gather because there's seven years of famine that are coming. And what we gather in the seven years of plenty is what's going to sustain us in the seven years of famine okay and so that instruction it instruction becomes a saving grace for not only egypt but also for israel because in israel where where joseph's family is is still at uh, or in Canaan, where, where they are still at, they have to then come forth from there in search of food and they end up ultimately, and catch this, his brothers ultimately come face to face with Joseph. And they don't know it's Joseph, but they come face to face with Joseph and they are looking for bread and sustenance to sustain their families. And they're, they're, they are coming full circle to the one who had the dream who, and in that dream, dream the sheaves of wheat were by their sheaves of wheat were bound to Joseph's sheaves of wheat ultimately it comes into clear understanding a full circle that now these brothers are having to come and bow to this person who is Joseph and they don't know it's Joseph in order for them to get grain to be able to take back to their families to feed and sustain their families you see how a powerful that inspiration is of uh, 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 through the dream that Joseph has but how controversial how controversial and how how that also puts him in a place Joseph in a place of insecurity and vulnerabilities which is which is necessary in order for Joseph to then be in his place of purpose to then not only being a saving grace for all of it for all of Egypt but also for Israel to sustain them in a time period where there is famine and now because of through Joseph's purpose and through Joseph enacting in his purpose and carrying out his purpose and stepping into his purpose, he becomes an administer of grace to people. And so this goes back to what we were saying earlier, which says when we are not in our place of purpose, there are people that are negatively impacted as a result of us not being in our place of purpose this is why it's this is why it's so important for us to be in our places of purpose and finding that place of purpose and allowing pain to guide us to that place of purpose but it's also and it helps us to understand why our adversary fights so hard against you understanding or us understanding who we are and what our purpose and what we're called to do okay so now we take that conversation a little bit deeper and we and we come into um, um uh, uh uh we could we could use the, the disciples. The disciples. Just check check out what happens when you read the gospels. Uh, the synoptic gospels particularly and you and you see um, uh, uh, Matthew, Mark and Luke, and, and you see the calling of the disciples. Uh, and, and, I, and I'll paraphrase it like this, because this is literally what happens. There is a random person, Jesus, walking throughout the land. He's coming through. He's coming throughout. He's walking throughout the land and he's calling his disciples. And what happens as you read in Matthew, Mark and Luke and these do these accounts is that Jesus is walking and he sees individuals that he's calling to be his disciples and these individuals have to make a choice all Jesus says to them is follow me now they are busy going about their lives and carrying out what it is whatever it is that they're doing but they end up ultimately without question this is what is so I don't know if baffling is the term but so amazing about this is that without question A random person walks by who the random person is Jesus. He walks by. They don't know it's Jesus, but he walks by and he says to them, follow me. And just on the on the sheer power of those two words coming from this person that says, follow me, something in their hearts instantly knits. To this calling and this person who walks by them so much so that they leave everything they know. Now look at the vulnerability and the insecurity in this game of purpose that they are carrying out as they get up and leave what they know. And the familiarity of their occupations, their land, whatever they're doing to get up and follow someone they don't even know and have never seen before, but they get up and they do it anyway. Now, if it wasn't for the disciples getting up and following Jesus when he calls them and without question, then we wouldn't have the benefit of having the gospels ascribed we wouldn't have the benefit of them writing what they saw as eyewitness account we we wouldn't have that benefit so if you think about if they had not played in their purpose of getting up and following this man into their purpose as as much as painful as that could as was for them as the end, which would, and as insecure and as vulnerable as they were, as they were walking along that game of purpose throughout life, knowing the, the things that they would have to endure, the painful things they would have to endure, being, just by being associated with Jesus, put them in trouble in the land and the time in which they were in. Especially when it came to him being crucified And then I I distinctly remember uh, him saying to Peter, Peter says, I'm not going to deny you. God says to him, him, you are going to deny me three times before the cock cock uh, crows. You're going to deny me three times. And 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 Peter ultimately did that. He denied Jesus because because the people were pressing hard upon Peter because he they they had seen him walking with this man, Jesus, who is controversial and they're seeking to crucify. And he is saying and Peter is like, wait a minute, I'm not associated with him. And he ultimately denies being associated with with Jesus to to in his attempt to Flee from the painful uh, or the, the potentially painful circumstances in which he was in, which even though he may have fleed from that potentially painful circumstance that he was faced with there, he did not escape from the from the painful mental anguish of knowing that he denied the guy that he was vehemently saying he would never deny and he would just he would go he would go to the ends of the earth for ultimately you see that so this is why pain in the context and the connotation of pain goes beyond Physical pain. It goes to mental anguish and pain and the, and the things that we, that we, that we endure between our two ears and our brains and in our heart and the things that we mull over, that pain and that anguish of trying to decide what it is I'm going to do. I have this calling. I feel it. I need to be moving in this direction, but I'm afraid. I'm scared. I have these apprehensions. I have these insecurities. I'll be vulnerable in the fear and the juxtaposing in between the situation and this rock in a hard place just trying to figure out what it is that I need to do and how do I need to do it or just go already just do it quit thinking about it just go and that 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 pain being immersed in that because you can't escape it it's your brain it's your spirit receiving the calling from God and you can't escape that and wrestling with that that's pain you got to deal with that but that pain is a sign that change is either happening or change needs to happen and we have to make the decision of how we're going to address the pain and the holy spirit guides us into truth and understanding helping us to understand what we need to do because the pain is directing us into places of purpose. And when we get into that place of purpose, then we become the conduit by which other people can get into their place of purpose and flow the way they need to flow. It is extremely, important extremely important that we recognize the purpose of pain and why it's there and that we recognize that we have purpose we recognize that we need to move into that place of purpose without us being into that place of purpose it puts other people at limbo from reaching their potential and so this is and so we have to we have to realize these aspects of how we are all intricately tied together this isn't a life of About just me and what I want and what I want to do. The the very nature of how the world is set up should speak to you in in this fact that we are not here for ourselves and to consume things for ourselves and only for us or me, myself, and I, or just my little family or big family, however you want to refer to it. I'm not going to be derogatory in that. I'm saying it's more than just about you. It's more than just about me. It's more than just about our families. It's about all of us. We are intricately every single one of us we are tied together and all of us need to move in our places of purpose and, and so that we can move and advance and advance the body forward it is it, it we we are all tied together i was i was saying to you that you can tell that we are all tied together because of if you look at the very framework of how the world is framed that just look just look at how the world operates. Look at, look at the ebb and flow of the giving and the taking that is consistently going on around us. The sun giving the moon light, the moon giving the earth a gravitational pull, the, the plant life giving humans oxygen, the uh, humans giving plant life carbon dioxide, which is which is a derivative of what the, of what, the, of, of the body taking in the oxygen, consuming it, and then exhaling out what it doesn't need, the carbon dioxide, and then that going back, that, that going back into the air, which becomes, uh, which becomes fuel for the green, and then the, and the, the plants, and then the plants being a source of nourishment and strength and vitamins and, nutri- and nutrients and minerals for us as humans, and then you're our excrement, if you will, or in the excrement of, 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 uh, of, 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 other, uh, animals becoming fertilizer that become, that becomes, becomes nutrients in the soil that then gives back to the plant. This think about all that stuff. The giving and the, the giving, the, the giving and the taking, the ebb and the flow. Without one giving, there isn't one to be able to take. And if without one taking, there isn't, there isn't, there isn't, there isn't this pull from, from the giver. So all of us need to be aligned and and all of us need to be playing in our particular roles, carrying out our particular purposes, so that the framework of of how life is constructed can continue. When we become so focused on ourselves, then we start to see the hemorrhaging of the global or the macro body. The macro body is all of human, all of humankind, all knit together. The macro body is groaning. The macro body is hurting. The macro body is in pain because the, because the greater majority of the macro body is consumed and concerned with only themselves and only things that pertain to them. And I believe that God is allowing for the pain to persist in order for us to understand that there is a change that needs to take place. And part of that change is a paradigm shift in our thinking of how we operate in the world, that this isn't about us, but it's about everyone else around us. And it's about all of us. And we need to be concerned with our brothers and our sister on our left and our right so that they so that they are are ministered to effectively and that they're able to carry out their purpose in the earth. I hope that makes sense. I believe it does. And I just want to just kind of end the conversation on giving those of you who are listening to this particular podcast installment that who are not believers in Jesus Christ an opportunity to make that decision. Possibly, possibly you've gotten an understanding about the pain that you are currently dealing with. Maybe there's certain things that you are enduring right now that is causing you great levels of pain. And maybe that pain for you is a sign that you need to make some changes in your life. And maybe one that, may, that main change that is gonna be centrifugal or, or very important for you in making, in making the pivot that you need to make And that is to give your life over to Jesus Christ. He has been knocking at your door. You know that. There's scripture that says that, 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 that also, now I'm paraphrasing, but this is in the book of Romans, that we, that we innately as humans know that God exists. So, so the fact that we are innately know that just within ourselves, that God exists If you are one that is out there listening to this and you don't believe that God exists, you had to talk yourself out of believing that God exists because hardwired in your in your in your spirit is the fact that God does exist. So you have to deny him and to and to talk yourself out of of believing in him. In order for you to arrive at a point for you to say that you don't believe that god exists or that there is no god god does exist and the pain that you have been enduring is a sign not only that he exists and not only that you need to make a change but it also as weird as it may seem it's a sign that he loves you it's a sign that he loves you he loves you enough to endure pain on your behalf, to to as is a physical being, as a man living in a human body, having the same feelings as we have, knowing pain, physical pain in the body, knowing what a sickness feels like because we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, that scripture is saying that, that, that our high priest Jesus feels Felt What we felt as it relates to sickness in our bodies, not that he is sick, but that he could empathize. That word feeling there is that he had that he had the symptoms. He had the symptoms in his own body of what we were dealing with. He had he had he felt us. He feels us as an individual, as an individual as he walked throughout the earth. He felt us. He knew what it was like to live as a human And he also endured pain on our behalf by getting, allowing himself, the all powerful God, allowing himself who could have stopped this whole thing from happening, who could have stopped the crucifixion from taking place, who had all power in his hand to just totally uproot everything that was going on, said that I'm going to go through this painful process of coming into the earth. Stripping myself of all my glory in heaven, coming into the earth, living in a flesh in a flesh body, walking throughout the earth, feeling the things we felt, being tempted the way we've been tempted and we are tempted. And then ultimately going to the cross, but on his way to the cross, being put upon a whipping post and receiving him in his body stripes and lashes for us. The scriptures say he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment or the chastisement for us to obtain peace, which is wholeness and completeness and nothing missing and nothing broken. that The chastisement for us to obtain peace was put upon him or the punishment for us to obtain peace was put upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed On his way to the cross, he took all those stripes. He endured that painful process on our behalf, on a whipping post, being whipped with cat of nine tails. Imagine somebody taking leather strips, taking an instrument that has a handle, that has leather tentacles hanging off of it, and attached to those leather tentacles are fish hooks, and then taking that and tying, tie and tie, putting this person upon upon some, uh, I don't, I don't know what you would, a, a stoop or a post or table or whatever, with their back exposed, and taking this instrument with this handle and whipping it across their back and tearing flesh from their bodies, or whipping them with a whip. Or whipping them with a ball and a spike and ultimately bruising and tattering. This is what it took for us to have forgiveness of our sins. This is what it took for us to have healing, physical healing manifested in our bodies. Because sin had wreaked that much havoc in the earth. That that sickness and disease was prevalent. Mankind was just going their own way. All kinds of stuff was just happening in the earth. That might sound like things right now. That may sound like COVID right now. Maybe that's why it's so rampant in the earth. Maybe that's why we're seeing these things we're seeing in the earth and all the earthquakes and everything else that's happening and the turmoil. Maybe that's what ha- what's happening is because sin is so prevalent. But God said when he got upon that, when he got, when he went upon that whipping post and he received those stripes in his body, then he was laden with a cross that he carried unto, unto Golgotha's heel to ultimately be, to ultimately being, to being crucified or hung on that cross in which they stretched his arms wide and in order for him to be, uh, Uh, held upon that cross each in one of his hands they took spikes almost to the size of rail spikes like you would see in a railroad track that's holding down the trusses in a railroad track taking a spike like that my goodness and driving it through his hand to nail him to a wooden cross so he could be held up there through each of his hands and then through his feet crossing his feet and nailing through his feet that same kind of a spike so that he would be held upon the cross with nails and he had to he had to after having been whipped like he was whipped, then standing or enduring or hanging on that cross. For the propitiation of your sins and my sins, past, present, and future. He so loved the world, John 3:16, that he gave his only he God gave his only begotten Son Jesus, gave him where upon the cross, because there had to be death as a penalty as or as a payment for sin, because the Scripture says the wages of sin is death. He gave his only begotten Son because he so loves me, and he so loves you, who is even you who hasn't even put your trust in him, you who is even trying to convince yourself that he doesn't exist. You that has that has, that has said that has been that has at one point maybe been a part or at one point been exposed but walked away. You who know that God who knows that God is calling you. You that has turned your back on him to say I'm not following him. I'm not having anything ever to do with the faith or with Jesus or you that 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 has turned away from him you are the same person that he has taken those 40 stripes less one in his body with that with those with that cat of nine tails and with those with that whip and being beaten beyond recognition to the scripture says that his entrails were hanging out of his body that is to say his insides were hanging out because they whipped him so bad and that whipping that as ugly and as grotesque and as painful as that description, as the vivid imagination that you're having in your head right now as you listen to me talk, as painful as that is, God did that in order for us to be reconciled to him and to be able to be empowered and be freed from darkness so that we can then live out purpose because it's about all of us God would that none would perish and that everyone would come into the saving grace of him he would that all of us would believe in him he did that so every one of us would have an opportunity to make this decision and that decision is do you believe that there was a man named Jesus who came into the world into into the earth was born of a virgin through immaculate conception, through a virgin who had not known a man to so not not had sexual intercourse to then be inseminated with the sperm of of, of, of a man. And so her eggs could be fertilized to bring forth and conceive a child. This woman have, has not even known a man, but became pregnant with the with God with God who is Jesus himself in the Jesus himself coming in the flesh being birthed into the world do you believe that that happened do you believe that Jesus lived and walked in the earth he lived for 33 years and he died upon a cross he went to a cross to die as the propitiation of, for our sins. He died so he died and he took upon all himself the sins of all humanity and he paid the penalty of our, of of what was justly due to us. And he said, "Give it to me. I'll take it." And just like just like that innocent animal did, in the book of genesis and and became the sacrifice that ultimately allowed for adam and eve to continue on he would they were covered with the with the with the coats in the blood of that innocent animal that innocent animal is jesus that innocent animal was a point it was an icon Pointing to Jesus, who is the innocent man, the innocent lamb, the innocent man that died upon the cross, living a perfect life with no sin in him, no guile in him. The scripture says, and he died and then he rose again from uh, from the dead on the third day and then he ascended into heaven. After showing himself for 40 days of many infallible proofs, he ascended into heaven. Do you believe that story? That's the decision that you have to make. And according to the scriptures in God's word, he says, if you believe that Jesus is who I just described him to be, and if you believe and you confess with your mouth that he rose from the dead, then you shall be saved Did you are saved that is what you have to come to the decision of making right now through all the pain which is signals and signals that change needs to happen in your life through all the things that you have been enduring you are now faced with this decision do I believe what some people would say something as ludicrous as a message of the gospel, that which I which 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 I just explained to you, and I don't believe it's ludicrous. I know it's real. There's there's there there is a, a podcast installment in my in this library uh, that says I think it says something like thirty thousand. Uh, how why I believe thirty thousand percent that Jesus is real. And if you have, if you're not convinced at this point, I, I would implore you to go back and, and, and listen to that. But you have a decision to make and you need to make that decision swiftly because tomorrow is not promised. You do not know. Where will you spend your life? In hell, where there will, where where the scripture says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Or will you spend that in heaven with Jesus and all the other believers? That's the decision you have to make. And if you are ready to make that decision right now, I'm going to pray a prayer. And you can pray a prayer very similar to it and make these confessions out of your mouth. And you will be saved. So, Father God, I want to just pray for my brothers and sisters who are listening to me now. Under the sound of my voice, Father, I just want to pray for them. I want to pray for them, Father, a prayer that I prayed a long while back, Father. That in me there's no good thing, and in my flesh there's no good thing. I was a sinner. But I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace. I believe that you died for my sins. And I believe that you rose again on the third day. And as a result of that belief in my heart and confession with my mouth. I am saved. And for my brothers and sisters who make that, conf- who make that, who, who make that confession out of their mouth. Of what they believe in their heart. About who you are Jesus. You being crucified for them or for me. And for us, dying upon the cross and then rising again from the dead in the third day, them making that confession, Father, they are saved. And I just thank you, Father, for what you are doing. As your spirit is doing the work in them, you said we don't have to do anything, Father. You you said if we just lift you up, you will draw all men unto you. You will draw your people unto you. I'm just praying, Father, that they're drawn to you. I believe I've done my part, Father, of just releasing this message, putting it out in the podcast library, and I need to make sure it's known for all, all, everyone out there. I know you, you, you've already done your part and made it available for us, Father, salvation. I'm praying that those under the sound of my voice who do not know you have not given their lives over to you and make that declaration right now and give you the glory and the honor and the praise. And I'm also praying for them to pay attention to the pain as it's guiding them to the purpose. And as they play the game of purpose, know there's insecurities or vulnerabilities that are just innate in it, but to follow you because you have all of our interests our best interest in mind. You know the thoughts you have towards us, Your scripture says. And you taught me, Father, and you showed me that that scripture is literally saying, you know the words that you have spoken concerning us good words and not evil words to give us a hope and an expectation. We have a positive hope and an expectation because of the words you've spoken about us. And your word, as your scripture says, will not return unto you void. It will not return unto you having not accomplished that which you told it to accomplish. It will accomplish that which you please. And it will prosper in the thing which you have sent it. And you've sent your word to us. And your word dwelt among us. And your word died for us. And your word rose from the dead for us. And your word empowers us as we read your word, we we're empowered to go forth and to express your word in the earth and to give and give and give earthly license for heavenly influence in the earth by way of your word to make changes in the earth, to bring forth changes that ultimately bring glorification to you, Father. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. I give you the honor and the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, you, those of you who are, who just made um who made that prayer, um, who made those declarations that in Jesus that He He died for our sins, rose again, rose from the dead on, on the third day. Welcome. And as 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 individuals who've made that decision, you are now members of the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is the church. So the paradigm shift I want you to have in your, in, your, in your head, and there's another installment in our library that says why I don't go to church. The paradigm shift I want you to have in your head is that you don't go to church. You are the church that goes to worship. And you don't only worship on a day of the week. You are worshiping every day of the week. You are worshiping when you make the cognizant decision that what Jesus, God, or the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do is worth more than what you are wanting to do. And you decide to carry out that which Jesus would have you to do. Whether that is speak a kind word to somebody, give something to somebody, make a phone call to somebody, lift up your hands and just praise him. And just speak well of God. Whatever it is, it's worship. And I'm imploring you to follow Jesus. Because he is the way, he is the truth and the life. And in him is life and that life is the light of man. And his word is a lamp unto our feet and it's a light unto our pathway. Follow him as he tells you, as he told the disciples, follow me, follow Jesus. He will lead you and he has your best interest in mind. All praise to the most high God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.